0: Hi everyone, this is Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week, we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. My husband, Chris, and I have been on a spiritual journey together ever since we met in 1994. One theme in that journey has been delving more into the feminine for me, and more into the masculine for him. And what we've discovered along the way is that there are very few role models that are not heavily distorted. For either of these. We're definitely still learning, but we've also discovered quite a bit along the way. Those of you who've been watching or listening to this series for some time have heard a lot from me about what a spiritual journey can look like, and today I'll be talking with Chris to get his take on some common questions and themes that come up because he has a grounded masculine perspective on the spiritual journey that is, of course, really different from mine. I find that it's really helpful to hear about these things from both a masculine and feminine perspective, because regardless of whether we personally identify more with the feminine or with the masculine, we all have both aspects within us to varying degrees. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. So let's get started. Okay, well, I'm really excited to have you back in front of the camera because um, most people don't get to see you, uh, even though you're present behind the scene, so to speak. And we've had a lot of questions from people about like a dude's perspective on awakening okay Okay. or a masculine perspective on awakening yeah or what your journey has been um and what the masculine has started to look like for you in your journey yeah so if it's okay i'm going to ask you some other questions let's do it all right let's do it okay (laughs) okay so this person says uh i have heard that you like to ride motorcycles and you've been on a number of motorcycle trips True. That is true. <laughs> all right. And do you believe there's any way to merge with spirit or release stuff through physically moving fast? And being a skilled uh, rider takes mm. focus and discipline. Is there any connection between physical speed and connection to the all that is?
1: Right. My sense on that is that there's no automatic connection between speed and connecting with, with source or anything like that. Um, and I don't, it's like speed per se doesn't cause any changes in anyone.
0: Yeah.
1: However, I would say that it's highly dependent on the person. So for me personally, I don't have a strong, like, I don't have a strong need to do, to go really, really fast. So I did like one, one of the motorcycle trips was to go learn how to ride like a 200 horsepower motorcycle on a, on a track. They actually blanked out the numbers with, with tape. So we don't know how fast we're going, but it was certain we we're going over a hundred miles an hour. And um, you know, in some of the areas on the track. And for me, uh, it was pretty exciting actually, but it wasn't like I wouldn't. There's some people on the course who are obviously like, that's the best. I just want to go faster <laughs> than fast. I don't care. I just want to go faster. For me, like, whatever we were doing was plenty. I mean, it was like plenty fast. <laughs> and it wasn't like that it was scary, but it's like, you know, it's just, it, it was enough. So uh, for me, there's no urgency to go fast. Although I know that there are some people I was able to see for some people who were there, they really did just want to go fast. That, that, that was just part of who they are. They're like their makeup. So I don't believe it's the speed that would cause that sort of connection. However, in order to be going that quickly, safely, someone has to be really focused. And there's no room for like thinking about like, you know, what, what I'm going to eat for lunch tomorrow or what my, what my boss said the other day. It's just like you've got to be on your game if you're going 100 miles an hour on a motorcycle yeah. um, on, a, on a track or anywhere. Hopefully you're doing it on a track, though. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So I would say it's the focus that could cause that sort of connection, or at least allow for that connection. It doesn't cause it per se, but you know, when you're, many people have probably heard you talk about being really present in the in the body, mm-hmm. and being present in the body kind of helps you zero into the like, like the zero point of time and space. Mm-hmm. And in conditions like that, you're certainly you better be in the zero point in time and space, or else you're going to crash. Yeah. it's like it's so it, it calls you that kind of conditions. Those kind of conditions call you into the physical body, which then opens that gateway, that doorway to the eternal now, which is where there's plenty of access to connecting to source. Mm-hmm. So I would say that it's definitely possible to have that experience going fast. But if you're someone who doesn't like going fast, you're just going to be freaking out. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not the speed it's that caused the, the connection. It's just like, it's the, state. it's the state you're in. So it has to do with that flow state. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. All right. So I thought I would start with something fun like motorcycle riding that is you fun. love it so much. Yeah. I love motorcycles. Yeah, that's, that's a good true. question. All right. How has frequency work changed your understanding or experience of your own masculinity?
1: I'd say it's it's interesting. So when you and I first met 25 plus years ago, you were highly masculine and I was highly feminine in general. That's mm-hmm. like how we expressed. Yeah. And there are a whole variety of reasons for that. Um, for me, I think one of the, the main reasons I didn't, I wasn't, very masculine was that growing up in the 70s, I was raised primarily by my mom. My, my, my father was theoretically present in our family, but he was always, wor- literally always working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, many days, I wouldn't even see my father for, for days on end. And so I didn't have a, a very, I didn't have a masculine role model in my life in that way. And when I looked around, looked on TV and stuff like that, and or movies, it seemed to me very much like the, the so-called stereotypical masculine mm-hmm. was just jerky mm-hmm. and I, I didn't want to be jerky mm-hmm. I wanted to be nice to people and I wanted I want just I, I really valued being nice mm-hmm. and being kind That's just who I, and I still am. I'm a, I'm a kind person
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, But I, I valued that very much as a kid as well and I didn't want to be like that So I just was just like, okay, well, I'm not I'm, I didn't care about that role model um, or particularly being masculine mm-hmm. and I wasn't rewarded for those kind of traits So as a as a kid, you know, a lot of times people will do what they kids will do what they can to receive love from their parents. And I was rewarded for being kind, nice, and smart, and all these things that weren't like being tough. And I wasn't a sporty kid and stuff like that. Yeah. So
0: you were rewarded more for your intellect, I would say, from the stories you've told. For
1: sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, And but through frequency work, so what I found is that um, as one's resonance rises. Mm One tends to get just or, or express more and more what we've called fundamental authenticity, which is just like being really who we are at all times, not being like a chameleon trying to like be different in different situations. Just be your, your fully express yourself mm-hmm. you know, all the time. And so what I've found is that through doing this, the uh, through doing frequency work and watching my resonance rise. I'm able to embody just more naturally who I really am, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we've talked before about us all being um, a mix of both masculine or some some sort of ratio of masculine to feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like in a different ratio for each of us. And I'm more able to express that masculine part of myself and just do it genuinely without worrying about what... Is the way I'm acting is that masculine or not masculine? I don't. I don't even know, and I don't even really care. I just be myself, Mm -hmm. which I think just naturally on balance is tends to be more masculine, Mm -hmm. and so it's made it very, very natural. And I've learned just, I mean, or just come to understand that masculinity has nothing to do with being nice or not being nice. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can be a a very masculine person and be very kind also. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's allowed me to express myself and not feel like, oh, you know, I I I don't want to be that way.
0: Mm -hmm. And I would also say, just from observation, if if I may, that that uh how it's changed changed you is that you're comfortable with both aspects of the feminine and the masculine Mm. so if you uh feel like touched by something yeah you'll emote right so you will cry or whatever i mean it's not like you're weeping or anything or rending your clothes but you you'll tear up or whatever you allow yourself to have that emotion which is considered to be more feminine that's true but because you're coming from a higher level order of authenticity you're not like well, I'm not being a man's man by crying, right? Because right? only pansies cry or whatever. Right. You're comfortable with both aspects. Yeah. So when you have emotion, you do. Yeah. Um, I would say that for, for me, that you're, uh, because you tend to be more physically based, just generally in who you are, right. um, that has clarified and you're-
1: How so? What do you mean?
0: In the sense that you've always been a grounded kind of guy, yeah. but it's sort of a little bit more brainy. Now oh, you're more embodied, I see. Yeah, right. so like your groundedness, your centeredness is much more solid feeling mm, to me. Yeah, and also for others, mm. so people really relax around you. And I would say also that um, that your sense of play. So the masculine is all kinds of things, right? right I mean, we're talking sure. about it as if it's like one thing, right. and it's all different depending on your subjective um, like uh, understanding of yeah. what that means. But there's an aspect of like the boyishness. So in the in the in the in the spectrum of masculine you yeah. know, there's the boy to the man sort of right but playfulness is a really wonderful i think quality that is both expressed both in the masculine and the feminine right and you have a lot of fun that's so you're true. goofy you've never been afraid to be goofy that's true but i would say that it's even more now and you yeah. do it for yourself you're not like trying to crack anyone else up like if you are making yourself crack up you think it's freaking awesome that's okay? true yeah <laughs> I happen to be a good audience for you because I laugh at almost everything you say. Um, however, uh, I would say that you, as your comfort in your masculineness has grown, meaning right. in like who you are, like there's sort of this um, very, uh, like almost, it, it's going to sound bad, but it's like the solidness mm-hmm. like, or the like groundedness yeah. and that confidence in who you are, that it's okay if you're playful because you don't care if you're perceived as frivolous, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you're playing and you know what your intention is, whatever, if someone says, well, maybe that's not appropriate, you don't really care.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless I feel like there's truth in what they're saying. Right. Right? That's the thing. So it's like if I'm at someone's funeral and I'm all of a sudden like, ah, ha, ha, and someone says, maybe that's not appropriate, I'll be like, oh, crap, I guess that's not appropriate. So yeah, yeah, I'm open to that that sort of suggestion, but Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to, I'm not worried about being judged per se. Exactly. Although um, I used to be very much as a a youngster, that was a huge thing for me, was not feeling worthy enough and wanting to be appreciated, loved, liked, or whatever. So I'd kind of do what it took to try to fit in. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I don't feel that way anymore.
0: Exactly. So, so um, I would say that has changed yeah. too. So in in a way, you have become more lighthearted as you have dropped further into a higher expression of your masculine because your frequency resonance has risen. Right. You're more neutral. You don't really...
1: Um, I'm not as affected, affected by, by well, other judgments. people's judgments. Yeah.
0: Right? It's not that you're you're being... Um, not thoughtful, right. Or, uh, callous or cavalier. It's just that if they judge you with something, you're just sure. like, I'm just being me. So, yeah. um, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that's, that's pretty different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. Um, what do you feel is the most important thing the masculine can do for the feminine?
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that masculine can do for the feminine and vice versa. I mean, there's, yeah. there's ways that we can, uh, we really can support and complement each other and stuff. But I feel like you mentioned in the last question, that sort of like that solidity. I feel like something that's very important that the masculine pro- can provide for the feminine. All, all, and also just want to step back from my, for one second in the middle of my own statement and just point out that when we say masculine and feminine i'm not necessarily i'm not saying men and women yes, because agree. you know all of us express different qualities yeah. and some women are, or, you know, like, are more masculine. more masculine and and it's all of that so i'm just meaning the masculine and the feminine whether it's it's two lesbians in a partnership or whatever it's yeah. like it's still the same thing yeah it doesn't matter
0: about the physical body yeah
1: i just want to make that clear for everyone that when we're talking masculine and feminine we're actually making a distinction intentionally between men women and masculine and feminine um we're we're trying to not just like be old school like that yeah um so I feel like one of the things that the masculine can do for the feminine is to be really solid and really grounded mm-hmm. and help support in a way, um, the feminine and allow the feminine to be like freer, more receptive, um, perhaps tone down uh, a certain amount of, uh, fearfulness that can sometimes be present. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that feminine is always afraid, but that there's, there's that tends to be more of a, the feminine experience, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. Um, it's true. And so, like, if if um, someone in highly in their feminine is around someone who's very in their, in their grounded masculine, they may feel just more stable uh, or more at ease mm-hmm. because of that grounded, solid presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, so it, I have this sort of this idea in my head now of like. Of of the feminine, just kind of blossoming out, and just just being able to just flourish and blossom. And what's helpful for that is to be like strongly attached to something at the base. Mm -hmm. So it's like so it can allow so that the masculine can provide that anchor point for the feminine to to blossom.
0: Yeah,
1: is is what I see is the most probably the most important function among, and probably a million other things. But that's what comes to mind right now.
0: And just to clarify, um, I would say that that's true for me Mm -hmm. in my experience with you. Yeah, um, because. I know you have it it feels very grounded to me and safe mm. so then i can expand and and be as broad and expressive and creative and whatever right um, as i want i would like to just state like you don't when you say support you mean energetically like on frequency level you don't necessarily mean like financially oh,
1: financially or no, yeah, no, no no that's right i, yeah, I, I just wanted to clarify true yeah. Yeah, yeah that's 100% not what i was, I was talking about. about yeah yeah it so, was like this energetic emotional support is what i was talking yeah, about yeah
0: exactly and it's very anchored and um It's interesting because I feel like um, in that dance of the anchoredness of the masculine, Mm -hmm. right. And the expansion of the feminine, that's when this synergetic ascension can really Mm. flourish in a very specific way that you and I've talked about before, which is, so here's the feminine, right. It's super expansive, receptive, connected to the, all that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In, In the higher States. Right. Okay. I mean, the masculine is too, but in a different way. So, all right. So here she is expanding. She expands and then allows for the masculine to like almost like like a trampoline bounce off that and rise up to a higher level, hmm. and then when the masculine jumps up, he like grabs you know the feminine can then entrain to the masculine come up right or masculine grabs feminine comes up and then she expands again right hmm. so it's this like expansion springing up expansion spring up so the both are moving yeah. upwards together right. that's just my little image anyway when yeah. i imagine the masculine and the feminine right. together it's this really beautiful um, and again it doesn't matter what bodies you're in okay yeah it's really about the energies coming together in a way that is really awesome and can elevate both yeah, yeah so
1: so one thing I just want to make—I I think it's going to be clear from what you said, but I, I just want to like, because sometimes like when you talk about gender type stuff, mm-hmm. like it can get a little prickly sometimes for yeah. people. So I want to make it clear that I think, if I understood you correctly, you weren't saying that like somehow the 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 feminine acts as a springboard to, to push the man higher. So the man, like the, the not the man, the the masculine is always like the first to go higher. That's not what you're saying at all. No. It's like it, it. It sounded a little bit like that. You might have been saying that, perhaps, for a second. Yeah. So well, it's just it's just simply that it's mutually reinforcing correct. in this way, like that. Yeah. Is that and right?
0: and without that field of the feminine expansion. Yeah. There's no springboard for the masculine to boy up. Right. There isn't. Yeah. There needs to be like that space for the masculine to push against mm-hmm. to go up in resonance yeah. which then the feminine rises up towards
1: so you say there needs to be but what if what if people don't have a partner can they
0: yeah you can they, do can, it from they within. can
1: they can still do that from within oh, correct? for sure yeah it's
0: within you it's just yeah. the two essences within you
1: okay yeah, yeah. so, so i so make it clear it just, that people it's not mandatory to have a partner no, or to be able to ascend to or anything a like that that's mm-hmm.
0: not it's just the dynamic between the two types types of yeah
1: types
0: of energies basically yeah Cool. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Sure. Okay. What do you value most about the differences you have with Karen and how do they contribute to your working relationship?
1: Okay. So instead of just diving right into my answer, I'm going to bring it back to an example from how you and I used to work together um, in the real estate world, right? So I'm sure like some of our listeners will have heard that for about 20 years, we were real estate agents in San Francisco. I used to be an attorney before that. I worked in New York City and then in um, California, as an attorney in these large law firms. You were doing your own things. You were a dot-commer and that kind of stuff. And then when the dot-com bust happened and I was like, I had to jettison the whole attorney thing because I was like, I hate this so much. Um, we were looking for new careers. I um, decided to go into real estate. And so you hadn't yet made that transition. Yeah. And um, so for me what i valued most about doing real estate especially i mean what was always really important to me i put it that way was doing an outstanding job for people so to the best of my ability whatever that was to really help people either buying or selling properties to make really good choices and be at the end really 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 happy that they did whatever they did that was my hope for for my clients Mm -hmm. and i meant it it was sincere and in that respect I was really good at helping people because I really, really cared, and I'd do what it took to, to you know, try to have a good outcome for them. Okay, and then at some point, um, you, you sort of you weren't you hadn't joined me yet in real estate. I, was, I did it for maybe like a year or something on my own, or maybe two. I don't remember which. Um, and uh, you asked me like, well, what's your plan for the business? How's how's the business going to grow? And where are your new clients coming from? And What's your client experience? What do you actually want your clients to experience? Not just like it's nice or I, you know it was great, but like what are the steps you're going to bring the clients through? And honestly, my answer was I never even thought of that. I didn't even know that I should think of that. Um, so it's not that I'm a dummy, but it's just not the way I perceive <laughs> the world it didn't even occur to me to, to take that larger that step back and look at the entire process and the whole thing and say well what is all this whereas i was like really focused on each little individual transaction with each person mm-hmm. and that's just how more how i see the world and so you have this amazing ability well, amazing to me. I mean, I'm not sure if it's amazing or not. Maybe tons of people have it. They probably do. <laughs> I don't. So to me, it's astonishing. Um, this ability to like really step back and see this huge, huge, huge picture and then be able to see all the different parts and how they interrelate. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way I perceive the world. I don't interface with the world in that way. And so to me, that's an incredible, powerful um, difference. I mean, that, that that skill is incredible to me. And I really value that because, um, you know, our mission here at Spherical Luminosity is to literally help transform human consciousness and be part of this of the new paradigm as this as this comes into play. Mm-hmm. And if we were doing it like I was doing the real estate business, we'd help twenty six people. You know what I mean? It's just that's the way it would go. <laughs> <laughs> and those twenty six people, they'd be freaking awesome. <laughs> but. <they'd, laughs> But there'd be 26 people. And so because you have this ability to have this this much larger perspective, I mean, the, the numbers are going to be, let's say, even more than double 26. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we, we can have a really serious impact on people um, because you have that perspective of how to look at this as an overarching thing. And um, that's, I think, a huge difference, and it's so beneficial to us here in the mission that we have at Spherical Luminosity.
0: I would say like, um, we've always complemented each other well. Yeah. Uh, We've always been very different from each other, and that's why we get along so well. Yeah. So we, um, like Chris said, I'm really good at big picture. Um, He's much better at detail. I'm terrible detail. Like it's it's horrible. It's really hard for me. So you're the one who some finds details.
1: Yes. Sometimes deal, some, some Sometimes details, no. Though, it's, yeah. it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's
0: like seems a little random. But you're yeah. much better at that type of thing. Yeah. I would say so. I um, that has worked really well. And then also, we're strong where the others a weak. Yeah. Typically.
1: Generally speaking, that's true. Typically.
0: So um, I mean, not that we can't be helped by others, of course. Yeah. um And uh, we're lucky to have the team that we do. And. True. Uh, we typically, however, tend to be strong where the others weak yeah. and recognize that. And the other thing I think that you um, mentioned very early in our real estate career, or you expressed, was that when it was un- in my realm, I had it. Mm. So you weren't gonna like come in here and micromanage me, that's true.
1: whatever. We had very specific delineated, delineated roles, roles, like this yeah. is what you do and this is what mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, yeah that's true.
0: and the expectation was that when it's in your space, you have it. And I don't come in here and like mess around with it. Right. Okay. And it was very clear. And I feel like that really helped us grow respect for each other. For sure. Because there was no micromanaging. It was like, you got it, great. You take it. You got it? Okay, great. You have the freedom to do what you want. And I think that's really important because that basically readied us for our journey together into spirit into like spirit and frequency work because You know, there are times when we detox or are going through stuff and the other one isn't, right? So I may be or you may be or whatever. And it's to know that the other person has it. Like, yes, you can ask if they want your support or your help. And then if they don't want it, to like honor that Mm -hmm. and then just hold space for them in the sense of like, I know you're going through the fire of what you're going through and you will make it. That's what I mean by hold space. If you mm-hmm. hold that at knowingness for them, even in their struggle. So I feel like um, what we did in terms of our working relationship helped us in terms of how we were in our relationship. When we went through the fire, releasing all those distortion patterns, like the, when it was really intense for us. Not that it, we don't release distortion patterns now, we do, but really at the beginning, it was much yeah, more intense. Yeah, it tended to be more intense. That's yeah, true. Exactly. So I feel like that helped as well. Hmm.
1: Okay,
0: cool. That would be my perspective anyway. Sure. We all carry a combination of masculine and feminine energies. What are your feminine qualities and how does your dominant masculine support them? Okay. I don't know that you see the world like this, but
1: Yeah, it's funny cuz I don't On the one hand, it's like it's somehow it's kind of obvious to me what masculine qualities are, but then when I turn let focus in on myself, I'm not Particularly clear on what parts what parts of me, if you want to put it that way, or what aspects of myself would be masculine and feminine. So, but I mean, one thing that you actually already said it in a different in an earlier question is that like when I see something really touching or really sad, like on a, in a movie where someone does something exceptionally kind mm-hmm. or something is really really sad, I'll feel emotion pretty strongly, and you know I'll tear up, and I'm not going to like go into a big weeping session about it or something like that, but I mean some tears will fall, and um, I'm just okay with letting that be. I, mean, I think when I was a young kid, I would be ashamed of having cried because men don't cry or something like that, you know? Um, I don't feel like that now. Mm-hmm. And so if something's really freaking sad or if it's really, really touching, well, some tears will fall and I don't really care about that. Um, so, and then all of that's like the masculine side of me or part of me or aspect of me allowing or fostering the feminine, I don't know. But I mean, I feel confident in who I am just because of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, uh, you know, like this infinite, indestructible consciousness having a human experience connected to the all that is. So you've got to be good. It's just like that's just the way. <laughs> this is the way it is. We're all like that, and so we all have that potential to just have this feeling of, you know, wow, I'm pretty awesome, mm-hmm. because of the, just the nature of who we all are. Yeah. And so having that, that feeling, I think, is even more important than being masculine or feminine. I agree. It's just that connection or that awareness of that connection and that, that sort of the feeling that I'm part of that much larger you know, thing is um, that's what allows people to be truly authentic and therefore express their masculine or their feminine or whatever qualities um, very authentically, uh, feeling incredible support, not just from one aspect or the other, but from something much larger than either.
0: Yes, I would agree know? with that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Thank you. Um, okay. Last question. Ready? Okay. Okay. I'm curious about whether Chris sees himself as a quote unquote leader to me. He's such a true gentleman and so powerful in his humbleness. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he thinks nothing of it, but I do. So that is the question. It's a very nice question. It's a sweet question. Yeah. it is. I thought so.
1: Yeah. Um, so do I feel like I'm a leader? I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what you mean by leader. Yeah, I mean it's like there's a, this sort of stereotypical leader, which is like someone just like walks in and says, "Okay, I'm in charge," you know, and then like just does things. Yeah, um, that's kind of like the nonsense version of a leader, you know, like well, the old paradigm. The old paradigm. It's a very old paradigm that's considered typically masculine. That's exactly what I didn't want to be when I was a young kid because I yeah. thought that was really jerky. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, no, I'm definitely not a leader if that's what you think of as a leader. Um, however. I'm, like I've sort of been expressing, I feel pretty comfortable with who I am now and I I have tons I can still learn about humans, about the human experience, about spirit, about the all-it-is. I mean, you know, it's like we barely scratched the the tip of the tip of the iceberg um, so there's tons to learn but at the same time, I, I we spent a lot of time, you and I both, just exploring and learning and growing and shedding distortion patterns and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and um, the more I do that, or more that one does that, not just me, anyone, the more that one does that and the more authentically one shows up and the more connected one feels to the all that is, to the divine. Um, as one's resonance goes up higher and higher and higher, it's almost like a natural consequence of that. That, Especially people who are, I mean, it might, that, that state actually may trigger some people. And make them angry or upset and like sort of sets off a cascade of their own distortion patterns and things like that so Mm -hmm. the person resonating that way is not going to feel like a leader to the person who is like really in the crunch of of detox and feeling yucky right Mm -hmm. so but to someone who is more sensitive to um like awakening or a spiritual journey or has a high enough resonation or something like that they're going to they're going to find that a person who's feeling very solid in their connection to source to be, I, I don't want to say attractive because attractive is like, has connotations of it's like magnetic, it's like, ma- there's like a magnetism to it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, and a certain like a level of confidence that can make fe- people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I may be starting to express that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if people are perceiving me somehow as a leader, it would be because of that. It's certainly not because I intend to lead per, te- per se, like I don't want to lead for leading's sake. I don't care if I lead or don't lead. I just want to be myself. And if being myself can help uplift other people, and that is in a way a type of leading, then absolutely, I would love to do that. I'd love to be that. Because, I mean, I really feel very strongly that we all have the at least the potential to to start to become awake to guys like, like I keep on saying like are our, our basically our divine nature our connection to source and have those the, the frequency resonance rise and, and so Some people just do that a little bit sooner than others or, or make headway on a journey sooner than others and once someone's You know like if someone's here and someone else is right here Well that person can act as, as a guide of sorts mm-hmm. and in that sense be a leader so I think to that extent Sure, I'd love to be a leader, and I think I can be a leader for sure. And you are, and and i pro- I probably am, um, and at the same time, I certainly. <laughs> He's an
0: attorney by background.
1: <laughs> you got to make the right distinctions. <laughs> I guess what you were saying. Um, and so, um, but I'm, I, I would never be a leader in the sense of I desire to take charge. Just for sake of taking charge, Mm -hmm. which often has to do with wanting to make oneself feel better about oneself because of low self-worth or, you know, other distortion patterns of not deserving and stuff. So therefore, if I can go lead and be accepted as a leader, then, you know, I'm so I feel better about myself. Yeah, more powerful. Yeah, more powerful. I I don't feel any of those things anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I ever did. I certainly don't now. Um, So uh, certainly not a leader in the old paradigm sense. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, yes, in in the new paradigm sense.
0: Yeah, and I think what you're suggesting is the old paradigm was... Um, especially leadership, because it was so often embodied in the masculine, much more than the feminine, Mm. okay, in our human history in the past few thousand years. Anyway, that leadership is often, that type of leadership that you have described as the old paradigm is really about control and oppression. Right. That's what leadership is. It's true. Okay. So it's like accumulating power for self, oppressing or dominating others. What you're expressing um, from my perspective is that, a much higher resonating order or a new paradigm of leadership, right. which has to do with, and it's interesting because you already expressed it like you don't have any desire to lead. Right. So it's not, you're neutral on it. Okay, True. so meaning whether you lead or you, or you don't lead, it doesn't really matter to you. Okay, it's not like your mission, you're not, you're not trying to go out there and do anything. Right. Right? So you're neutral to the outcome. However, because your frequency resonance has gotten high, you have a certain level of magnetism. People want to be with you. They yeah. are comfortable around you. They want to hear what you have to say. It just sort of happens naturally right. uh, more and more. And as a result, you are leading because your frequency resonance allows for them to be whatever they need to be in order to catalyze whatever needs to happen yeah, for their re- frequency resonance to rise. Right. I mean, that's really all it is. Yeah. And it's all that it is. And. It's so much, right? I mean, I just said it's all it is, like it's nothing. But it's a really, it's kind of a really huge deal. And as a result, without really efforting in the same way that you would in the old paradigm to gain favor or uh, accolades or you know recognition recognition or whatever, whatever, who cares? Because you're not attached to the whole leadership idea in the first place. And really what this kind of leadership is, is to um, catalyze someone else's frequency resonance up.
1: Absolutely. Because ultimately, that's, that's really what it's about. Yeah, it's all it matters. Yeah, it's all that it matters. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's like, I, if I had my way, mm-hmm. every single person that exists would feel awesome about themselves, about everyone else, about the world, about everything around them. I I, I get that that's not realistic right now. That's not where we're at, totally get that. But that's what I really want for people. I I just, I so wish that everyone could just feel that feeling within themselves. And so it's like, if I can be of service in some way to help people experience that, I would, I mean, you know, reasonably, practically, I mean, I'm not saying I'd do anything in the world or whatever to do that, but it's like, if I can be very, if I can be completely congruent with who I am Mm -hmm. and serve people in that way, I'll absolutely do that. So mm-hmm. it's this interesting idea, and I'm, I'm sure that I'm not the first one to think about it. But it's like there's like there's an element of service in leadership. Of course, you know what I'm saying. It's not yeah. just like like where's the old paradigm is like <laughs> I'm just gonna t- you just do what I want because I want the outcome, mm-hmm. and that's like the old bullshit version. And then there's, there's this this is other this newer paradigm like where everything is just win-win. And so if we interact together, mm-hmm. like if you and I interact together, you benefit from it, I benefit from it. We benefit from them together, and then you know there's a there's just a increasing sphere of, of excellence that goes to, that impacts others also positively and that sort of stuff. And in that sense, I mean, the world needs more more leaders like that. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be that sort of person for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it doesn't um, for people out there watching or listening. You will embody leadership without having to try, because as right. your frequency resonance rises, that is what happens. The leadership it's leader, a paradigm. It's a natural consequence. And what I'll say is that how you express that is unique to you. Mm-hmm. And the thing to be aware of is to not oppress. You have to be really careful about and that. And control. And control. Yeah. Not oppress the control and watch that ego. Yeah. Because it can be really easy. When, you know, people are telling you that you're all great and they don't follow your advice and whatever, our egos are very, very slippery, right? You kind of want to be like, wow, look at me, you know, but the work is to watch that ego mind and to stay in that neutrality because then your frequency continues to buoy up because you're not attached to the outcome or they're giving you anything or anything like this. You're being who you are and spreading the resonance that you are by being yourself, right? Which then catalyzes all kinds of awesome and rising and frequency resonance, which then ripples out, ripples out, ripples out, right. and soon you have massive change. That's right. So the more of us doing this is amazing.
1: That's true. One more thing I want to add: I think I've heard you mention this sort of idea in other, you know, other podcasts and stuff. And but um, also with respect to control and leadership um, and helping others and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's like from my perspective, it's very important to. Um, to make sure that when you're helping others, uh, whether you're leading or helping, whatever it is, that it's it's completely voluntary on another person's part and they actually wanna participate in whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not here to try to tell anyone to do anything. I'm not here to say, you you know, someone so-and-so should, should um, do what it takes to raise their frequency, resonance, none of that. I mean, they should do whatever they wanna do and, and be whoever they are. And if someone wants to ask me for my thoughts or advice or suggestions or how might they do something better, I'm, I'm right there with them sharing everything I can and doing what I can to help out with that. But until someone asks me for that, I don't feel like it's it's not appropriate for me to, to step in and try to solve people's problems or anything like that because that's me interfering with their free will as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a, an aspect of a um, like a newer paradigm leader or a new paradigm leadership would involve that as well, which is just simply being available to assist when called to do so. Mm-hmm. And then just being, you know, not, not getting involved until you're asked. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's very important, too, that I don't, I don't know that that's very well expressed a lot in the idea of leadership. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing your perspective.
1: Absolutely. It's fun to do it.
0: For those of you who are new, we're just about to start the group frequency calibration. This is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. So I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. You can sit, stand, or lie down, or if you prefer to walk around slowly in a circle, you can even do that. If during the GFC, you find that you're falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. It just means that the frequencies were really high and your higher self is kicking your mind into sleep to more effectively integrate the frequencies. If this happens, keep listening to the GFC portion again until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. If you happen to be listening to the audio version of this episode, please definitely do not drive while listening to this. Okay, here we go. Welcome everyone to the group Frequency Calibration for the Masculine Perspective on Awakening. Since we all have both the masculine and the feminine within us in different ratios, depending on who you are, today what we're going to do Uh, in this GFC is start to help to clarify the masculine within and to enhance uh, the groundedness and the stability of the masculine coming from a higher level order. So first, becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, really becoming aware of your soles of your feet. Noticing what they are touching, what weight they are bearing, if any. And even if they're just in the air, because you're lying down, noticing that they're not bearing weight. Okay. So just noticing the air through the soles of your feet. Good. And now become aware, please, of your pelvis, your tailbone. and your hips slash butt, okay? So this whole sort of lower lower part of your trunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noticing if it's uh, tilted in any specific direction, if you're completely at ease. Noticing the weight on this part of your body and of this part of your body. Just noticing this area. Good. And now, please become aware of just your tailbone for a moment. And you're going to imagine at the very tip of your tailbone, the frequency resonance of the earth. So if you don't know what the frequency resonance of the earth is, just imagine the energy or the vibration or however the earth might feel to you at the very tip of your tailbone. I'm going to help to amplify this. The reason we're doing this now, is, which for those of you who are regulars will know is a little off of our usual uh, process, is because as we amplify the frequency of the earth into the tailbone, this helps to increase our feeling of groundedness. And our ability to center into the present moment of linear time. Now, if none of that made sense to you, that's totally okay. It doesn't need to for it to work. Just be aware of the tip of your tailbone. Imagining the energy, frequency, or vibration of the earth in this part of your body. And if that's not accessible to you, just imagine a place in the natural world that you really love as you keep your attention in your tailbone right at the very tip. Becoming aware now, please, of your breath. Without changing it at first, just notice your breath as it is right now. And then, after a couple of seconds, whenever you're ready, deepening your breath, slowing the breath down. hmm Good. Allowing the breath to fill not only the front part of your body as the chest rises with breath, but also noticing if it can fill up your side body, underneath your armpits, in addition to more of your back body. Noticing if, in addition to making your breath more round, if you can allow your breath to drop further and deeper into your belly. Not through force, just allowing it. Nice. Good. And now please become aware of your surroundings. And as you're aware of your surroundings, becoming aware of the quality of the air around you. So you can do this with your eyes closed. You can feel the temperature of the air. If it feels heavy with moisture or lighter and drier. Noticing if there's sort of like a heaviness in it. From fog or perhaps it's a little... Um, more particulate matter in the air today because of smog or whatever. Or, Or perhaps it feels very clear. Good. And then please become aware of the sounds around you, both on your end and on my end. Noticing the sounds closer to you that you take for granted, and even the sounds further away, coming through a window or somewhere in the background, either on your end or mine. Noticing, if you can, the direction from which the sound is coming. When you're ready, please triangulate. So for those of you who are new, triangulating means becoming aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you and noticing the distance between each object and you. So for example, if object A is the desk you would notice that the desk is about nine foot away from you. So you'd notice that the desk is nine foot from you, and then you'd feel the distance between the desk and you. And you're going to do the same thing for objects B and objects C. And as you do this, your sense of where you are in space will clarify and become more present for you. Hmm. Good. And for those of you who are a little faster because you've been doing this for longer, once you finish with triangulating, bringing your attention to your heart space and also to your crown at the same time. Your crown's at the very top of your head. Breathing normally when you get here. Good. Let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath together. Inhaling, holding your breath for a count of five. And whenever you've completed that five count, exhaling at the speed and intensity that you prefer, holding your breath out also for a count of five. Good. We are waiting for the mastermind to coalesce. So please breathe normally once you've completed that single deep breath. And as we wait for the mastermind, please note that I am working on you at the group and the subgroup level, and that I often work in silence. So if you don't hear me, please know I'm still working on you. It's just that at the higher level frequencies, if I make physical noise, it just lowers the frequency resonance, which doesn't benefit you. And I also may make noise, so you might hear me hum or exhale or yawn, and that is not because I'm tired, it is because that is how, at least for now, I release the stickier, often lower vibrating frequency distortion patterns. Also, if I say something that resonates with you, it's likely yours. And if I say something that you really resist, it's likely yours. So I invite you to remain open and to explore further. Good. Now that the mastermind has become coherent, let's ask ourselves the following question how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? That question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, Please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this space, becoming aware of or imagining a brilliance at its very center that intensifies because you have your attention on it. And as it intensifies, it expands outwards through all of your cells, through your organs, through your bones, out through your muscles and your flesh, through the pores of your skin, into the space between your physical body and your spirit body which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Please become very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Mm -hmm. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at spirit level to raise your frequency resonance up even more. irrespective of where your frequency resonance began. This is the most important thing we do together. How high your frequency resonance is dictates everything from how you perceive your reality to what it looks like, how much momentum you get to have on spirit level, how much distortion you can release, and how fast you can integrate. Bring your attention, please, to your heart space, okay? And also to the xiphoid process right at the base of your sternum, which is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. Okay, so what we're clearing first is distortion around the masculine, Okay, so depending, there's a lot of subgroups here. So the first is like a resentment or anger towards the masculine because of the trauma that it inflicts. The second subgroup is a fear of the masculine, okay, because of the power that it can wield without uh, necessarily being um, like mindful, meaning it can be oppressive. Okay. The third has to do with how the masculine has been over a few millennia okay, in its own distortion of power and oppression over the feminine. subgroup. There is like disgust with, okay, or disdain of the masculine. This has nothing to do with what body you're in, meaning if you are a man or a woman physically. This has to do with the masculine, the feminine within, okay? Okay. yeah there's also a pretty sizable subgroup of uh, distortion around being abandoned by the masculine okay so however that might show up for you Please, from the front of your throat all the way down through the front channel of your body, okay, to right underneath your groin, so at your pelvic floor, right at the base of your pelvis, yeah. So this is lack of trust in the masculine and yeah, it's pretty huge this. hmm good yeah bring your attention to your rib your ribs okay and your entire solar plexus so what i'm going to do here is i'm going to amplify the centered groundedness of the masculine from a higher level order okay so whatever this ratio is within you even if it's small meaning you're way more feminine than you are masculine Mm -hmm. becoming aware of the very center of your solar plexus between your belly button the base of your sternum helping with this centeredness of the masculine by pulling you even further into the zero point of space and time Really good. Yep. Bring your attention now, please, to the front of your throat and to your xiphoid process. And about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it towards the belly button, clearing out your pain body and resetting it to the newer, higher resonating version of self. If we don't take a couple of seconds to do this, it doesn't take very really long at all. Your pain body has a memory of you before the distortion patterns were removed and we'll keep working as if that still is going on and it makes things a lot longer to integrate. Good. This brings us to the end of the session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my time and personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics.